Hey friends, this is Sugbury, and I am the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so thankful that you even found us amongst all of the podcasts of this world. I've got a great show coming up for you, and if you enjoyed it, will you do me a favor? Wherever you're listening to your podcast, would you rate it? Um, hopefully it's going to be a five. Why do we do this? Because it allows us to rise up amongst all of the other podcasts. And why do we want to rise up? So we can bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the darkest corners of the world. So would you partner with us, rate the show each and every time that you listen to your podcast, and I will love you even more for it. This is Sugbury over and out. Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. Hey, friends out there, especially you married ones. Have you ever had any challenges in your marriage? If you haven't, would you call me up? Because I want to know what your secret is. <laughs> this is Sugbury, and I am the host of Him For Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. And we have a great hot topic today. Do you know that we have just started doing YouTube And so you get to see our beautiful faces on here filled with the Holy Spirit. And not only that, look what I'm holding up. You got to go to YouTube to be able to see it. I am holding up the topic of today. It's a fabulous book. It's written by someone who I admire greatly. But before I get to that, I want to introduce my co-host, Bev Canaris. Bev, thanks for coming on. Oh, I love being here, Shug. Thank you so much. I'm excited, too, about our interview today. And I think your audience um, should listen up because there's going to be some important truths shared that could really impact your lives. Amen. I'm a wife, mother, grandmother, Bible teacher, mentor, all the above. Yeah, you do it all, baby. Right. You do. Right. I, I just got to say. And, you know, you're married as well. How long have you and your wonderful husband been married? 46 years. Yeah. We've been together over 47, but married 38. So go figure. I feel like we grew up together. This book is called Stain Power, Building a Stronger Marriage When Life Sends It's Worse. I'm going to say that again. Stain Power, Building a Stronger Marriage When Life Sends It's Worse. Worst. And you know who we got on here today? The one and only Carol Kent. Carol, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Sean. It is such an honor to be on the air with you. Thanks for all you're doing. Yeah, I'll pay you later, baby. I, I really appreciate it. Um, Bev, would you please introduce our guest to our listeners? It would be a privilege. Carol Kent is a popular international public speaker, best known for being dynamic, humorous, encouraging and biblical. And I've heard her speak and read her books, and I concur. She's founder of Speak Up with Confidence, which is a communications training seminar. She also is uh, involved with Speak Up Speaker Services, which is a speaker's bureau. And then her latest is Speak Up for Hope, which is a prison ministry. Carol is an example of, of just being an expert on public speaking, on writing, encouraging people to hold on to hope mm-hmm. when life's circumstances turn out differently from their dreams. Well, Carol has written many, many best-selling books. Uh, she's in the double digits with her books now, and she's also publishes articles. So welcome, Carol. We're so glad to have you here. And we're excited about this book. We love this book. I've read it and Suge has read it. And we have, we just can't wait to share this with the listeners. So to start off with Carol, give us some background 
that moved you to co-author this book? It's you, you and your husband, Gene, and then another couple. Yes, this was my first time to co-author, not only with my husband, but with two other people. And uh, Gene and I are originally from Michigan, and we often would vacation in western Michigan, even after we moved to Florida. And we would get together with this couple who were in the publishing industry, and uh, we would talk about what we were going through with our kids. And any of your listeners who know my story probably have read my book, When I Lay My Isaac Down, on our journey with our son. And we had one of those middle-of-the-night phone calls that absolutely turned your world upside down. Our Naval Academy graduate son had been married for one year, and uh, he began unraveling mentally, emotionally, and spiritually with fears that a, a man who was the biological father of his stepdaughters was about to get unsupervised visitation, and there were multiple allegations of abuse against him. And we got one of those calls telling us our son had shot and killed this man mm-hmm. and that he had been arrested for murder. So we went through two and a half years and seven postponements of his trial before he was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Well, the couple that we co-wrote Staying Power with uh, knew our journey, and they had a story of their own. And they, too, have been very happily married, but their adult son had become drug addicted and was even doing uh, some dealing. And they had a child, and they wound up needing to take their granddaughter home with them. And eventually they were able to legally raise her. They got her through school, and uh, she she's off to college now. But, I mean, it was a journey they never expected in the middle of what seemed like a pretty happy, regular, strong marriage. Mm-hmm. And as we talked late into the night one night, we said, you know, there are a whole lot of books on marriage about how to overcome all the wrong choices we've made as married couples. But where are the books on what happens to you when something unexpected hits? Uh, when you have that child who is diagnosed with autism or Down syndrome, and you know you'll be parenting that child in a very hands-on way for the rest of your lives, what happens when the doctor says cancer? For you or your spouse, or there's an accident that alters your life forever, or when you you lose a child to death prematurely, at least by our standards. And so we began to list all of those scenarios of things that happen when you just feel like in the middle of your married life, boom, you get hit with this unexpected shocking surprise out of somewhere mm-hmm. uh, and in some case it gr- cases it grows over time the tension as with a, a child with a severe disability but it alters the rest of your life and yes. we said you know we've lived long enough to know God is faithful even in this why don't we put together a book proposal and just see if there are some other people out there who need to find answers when these kinds of things hit their marriages. Amen. And you know, this book is different. I have read other marriage books. Like I said, my husband and I have been together a long time. And sometimes you just need to pick up a good book and go through it and refresh your marriage. But this book is different. This is not the same as all the other marriage books I have written. And the reason why is exactly what Carol said. It's things that happen to you on the outside of your marriage. And for example, my husband and I, 
uh, had just sent our last child off to college thinking we were going to be empty nesters. We get a phone call from the government saying that we are now have custody of two children to come and live with us. And they were one of our relatives. And it just turned our world upside down. But little did I know that God would use those blessings for his glory. So the book, which I really appreciate and enjoy, is broken down into chapters. At the end of each chapter, there are study guide questions. My friends, you can do this with couples. And in the very, very back, one of my favorite things is the fact that you have all of these different crisis help sheets in different scenarios. We're going to get to that in a minute. But... This book gives us 12 separate strategies, Carol, and skill sets. Could you share with us one or two that have helped you and Jean the very most? I would love to. Uh, One of those is that if couples can get together now, even before anything hits your marriage, and make some good pre-decisions, it will help to hold you strong Mm. uh, in a a strong spiritual sense when the crisis hits. And and, uh, there is a man by the name of Claire DeGraff who came up with what's called the 10-second rule. He says, uh, just do the next thing you're reasonably certain Jesus wants you to do when a crisis hits and commit to it immediately in the next 10 seconds before you change your mind and uh, agree on pre-decisions. And one of those might be, I will request, honor, and respect the advice of my spouse. Now, most of us think we're right without even considering the advice of our spouse. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I know nobody is in that category, no, no. right? But uh, so many times we have an opinion about that. But if we can decide ahead of time uh, that we will respect. And, and for me, Shug, it means listening more than talking. I'm a really good talker, but I'm not a really good listener. And if I can say ahead of time, okay, I've made the predecision. I'm going to listen to what my husband has to say about this. I'm going to let him pour out his thoughts before I immediately decide on whatever the solution is. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk this through together. We're going to get a lot closer to a positive answer of what to do next. I have already practiced a few of the things that you have on page 47, pre-decisions. And what that means, pre-decisions, ladies. Did you get that? You need to think ahead of time how you're going to react to something else. Yeah, that's so true. Something in the book, too, that really struck me, Carol, was why is it that sometimes when we are hurting, we find it so hard to share deeply and vulnerably with the person we're even married to and we kind of do our separate grieving and coping, and that tends to, uh, like the book so pointed out, kind of puts a wedge between the two of you. So why do we do that? I think so many times uh, we we somehow feel like if we express ourselves and our feelings aren't validated in a positive way, we'll be hurt even more deeply. Mm. And so in the middle of our personal pain, we revert to the silent treatment. And I don't know about you, Bev, but I have sometimes been mad at my husband so long, I forget why I'm not speaking to him. (laughs) It's just a principle that matters. And uh, one one of the things that was really important for us was to be really intentional about taking guilt-free time out. And one of the things we do on every one of our at-home days, and we travel in ministry usually three days a week minimum mm. uh, in a non-COVID year, 
But we walk three miles a day when we are at home, and we talk while we're walking, and we pray with our eyes wide open. Mm. And it became such a healing thing for us. Instead of doing the silent treatment, instead of just isolating ourselves, we would go on that walk, and uh, and I might say, Lord, thank you for the beauty of this day. Your creation is all around us, and it's glorious and wonderful. And Jean would say, Lord, would you just put your protection over our son as he's in prison today? Uh, keep him safe from danger. Help him to use his education and his Christianity to impact the lives of other inmates and the officers at the prison today. And and then the next one of us would say, and Lord, would you take care of uh, Jean's 91-year-old mother? She's so lonely now that her spouse has passed away. And we would go back and forth, and these started to become prayer walks where we were talking to God and talking to each other, and there was a healing that happened between us as this became a pattern of our lives Mm -hmm. uh, to do these intentional timeouts. And then the other good thing is that we both lost 10 pounds. It was good exercise. (laughs) You wouldn't want to sign up for that. (laughs) Another motivation. But it was, it was good mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You know, that and is, and not only that, Carol, it's super romantic. I think that, you know, it John was. is back there it taking was. notes for his future wife. You know, he's going to start walking <laughs> with her. You got it. So, you know, say, um, Carol, I was just thinking about um, the many women that I talked to that don't have believing spouses or husbands and really struggle with trying to get him on the same page as well. Um, how does your book address that situation? And what words of advice will you have for these wonderful women? I I feel for you so deeply because sometimes you feel uh, almost a defiance rise up when you you feel like your spouse is not responding spiritually and you prayed so long, you waited a long time and nothing happens. And uh, I, I know of women who actually get the biggest Bible they can find out and open it on the kitchen table right when their spouse is going to walk by. So they can remind them of how spiritual they are and how unspiritual the spouse is. How does that work? Is that effective? (laughs) (laughs) That that is not a good way to handle it. And uh, I, I just want to say, pray, wait, watch for God's timing. I I encourage you to pray that God will bring other people into your spouse's life on the job just in passing, maybe in your neighborhood, who are maybe at the gym, uh, people who are going to live out Jesus Christ in a way that will remind them of, hmm, that's what I've been observing in my wife at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, don't be preachy, live the life, but uh, wait for God's timing. Yeah. Now, if your spouse is open, go through staying power with your spouse, because there are some activities and questions that you can go through. Uh, you'll find some box areas within some of the chapters where, where you'll just have fun finding out how your personality is different from his personality. And then you can talk about how that impacts decisions you make. It's a good and conversation so, starter. It really is. And yes, there's there are Bible verses in there. But don't get preachy with them. Mm-hmm. You know, just share, you know, this This was something interesting that Carol brought out that was in the Bible and, and her husband. Yeah. And so um, make it a, an ongoing conversation, not an ongoing sermonette. And ladies, she's telling the truth because I was one of those women where her husband and 
and you know, we weren't on the same page uh, in our faith. And it was so cool to just pray, to surrender, to give it to the Lord, to continue to be the godly wife to my, to him as well as um, a mother to my children. But God did bring him to faith. And it's so cool how he finally surrendered. He went through BSF. Now, every morning we do devotions together, super cool and romantic. And, you know, it, God can do anything. So even if you think your husband will never get to that point, I can tell you, sister, I got a testimony and Jesus can do that. Carol, um, you mentioned so many wonderful, practical ways that we can care for ourselves and also care for us as a couple in a marriage when that crisis, that bomb explodes everything in your life. So what are some of those ideas for self-care and couple care that you'd like to share? Well, one of the things that was very precious to me is that when Jason was first arrested, Jean knew how much my heart was hurting. And he started making the coffee every morning, and he would bring a cup of coffee to me in bed. He served me. And instead of uh, a whole lot of words, he would hand me that cup of coffee, which to me is like pure gold in the morning. Love language, uh, is it? <laughs> I, uh, my love language, yes, is a good cup of coffee. And uh, and he would put his hand on my arm, my hand, or my leg, or if I was really blessed, he might actually rub my feet. And without words, he was saying, honey, we're in this together. I'm hurting. You're hurting. We don't even need to speak the words that our mm. hearts are pouring out all this sorrow. I feel it with you, and mm. I just want you to know you're loved and cared for. So it's uh, one of the chapters is actually called An Articulate Silence, mm-hmm. because it's those ways that we can communicate. Like with Dave and Cindy, who co-wrote with us, uh, Cindy loved scented candles. And Dave would put out, he would intentionally uh, purchase scented candles, and he would light them. And just make a, a beautiful atmosphere for his wife when his when her heart was hurting, and I think there are so many times we forget that these simple acts of kindness toward mm-hmm. each other don't need to cost a lot of money, but they can be so significant emotionally and spiritually, and it lets you. It's as if that person is saying, "I love you." I feel the pain too, but it's okay. We're going to make it and we will nurture each other in the whole process. And Bev, I I want to tack on to that beautiful question, something that I think is so important, so important. We did a whole chapter on it and that's that we need to serve while suffering. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that, you know, Jean and I were in a situation where just because we prayed, just because we read the Bible, our, our problem wasn't solved. I mean, we still had an incarcerated son with a life sentence. I mean, we, we have a hard life ahead of us with all those visitations and trying to keep enough money in his account and to keep all the ministries there going uh, that he's in charge of. And we knew it was not going to be easy. But we started to look around and see who needed help more than we did. Mm. And we started to do a tangible act of kindness in Jesus' name. And this was the sweetest thing. I noticed that Jean's pile of black T-shirts was going down. I said, honey, I I know dryers eat socks, but I don't think they eat T-shirts. What's (laughs) happening to all your T-shirts? And he said, you'll find out soon enough. Well, the next weekend we were at the prison in line and we saw a woman turned away. And she was sobbing, and I instantly knew why. 
the rules had changed. They now had a rule that mm. women could not wear sleeveless blouses. And after waiting two hours to get inside, she was turned away. And it's 20 miles to the nearest Walmart for her to be able to purchase a T-shirt that she could get in with. Mm. Well, I didn't even notice Gene was missing from where he had been standing in the line. And I looked at the parking lot. There he was out in the parking lot with our trunk open. I saw him emerge from that lot holding a black T-shirt. He walked it up to the up to the woman. He said, "Here, ma'am, put this on and go to the front of the line. Wow. It's my yeah. gift to your family today. Have a great visit." And he came back to where I was standing in the line, and I said, "So that's what's been. That's happening where they are. Oh, that is such he a looked, great, he great said, account. A ministry serving while amazing. suffering. Amen. Yeah. And ladies, I want you to get a hold of this book." It's called Stain Power, Building a Stronger Marriage When Life Sends Its Worse. It is written by Carol and Jean Kent and Cindy and David Lambert. I want you to get it. Go to our website, himforher.org, H-I-M, a number four, her.org, and request your copy. The first five people I will give a free book to. And I got to tell you, some of you might not want to go to counseling. This book will walk you through some of the best counseling ever. Uh Dear, dear, dear Carol, um, in your chapter titled Strength of Weakness, you mention wrestling, asking God, why, why, why did you allow this? I think this might be a question most of our listeners would identify with, especially if they find themselves in this type of a crisis situation. How would you counsel that woman? I just want to say asking why is okay with God. And we sometimes forget that we can ask God anything, and he is not going to say, you know, it's really busy in the Middle East today, or, you know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and I have other people to be concerned with who are very ill and losing their lives. He is present everywhere. Mm. And I always go back to Genesis uh, 28, 16, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. And that's that beautiful passage, Bev, where Jacob is in a dream. And in that dream, there's a ladder that stretches from earth to heaven. There are angels going up and down on that ladder. ladder, And Jacob awakens more alert than he's ever been before because he realizes there is so much more going on in the visible and in the invisible worlds than he's ever been aware of before. And that's when he acknowledges that the Lord is in this place and he was not aware of it. And I I just want you to pause a moment and say, Lord, I may not see you in my circumstances, but I know you are here. And Eric Little, the Olympian, once said this, circumstances may appear to wreck our lives and God's plans, but God is not helpless among Mm. the ruins. Know that what God has allowed can become a foundation, a platform upon which you can bring him glory. If you choose to say, Lord, I will exalt you even in this situation. So even if you don't resolve the the question, Carol, you, you can come to a point of surrender and peace with the Lord in that? I think that there are certain prayer requests we have that will never be answered to our satisfaction in this lifetime because God is answering in a different way than how we wanted to pray the answer. 
And I am learning to pray in two ways. And I pray, Lord, have mercy. When I think of my son, and I say, Lord, would it would it honor you if Jason were released in this lifetime to be able to walk in freedom and serve you on the outside? Lord, have mercy. Mm. And then the next phrase, and the next phrase, I pray, Lord, thy will be done. Yes. And even our son has said, Mom, um, even if I am never released in this lifetime, life is over like this. And God knows if I can serve him better on the inside and than I can on the outside. Uh, and I, I want his will to be done. Yes. And then he said, it's all over. And we all walk in freedom. Mm-hmm. And so if we can get a heavenly perspective and realize first how short life is, and that something more is coming, and it's good, we can focus on putting one foot in front of the other, even if some of those days are painful, Mm -hmm. and we can say, God, I will be your servant. I will walk this journey and and give you praise. Yes, thank you, Carol. Carol. I'm so glad that you came on with us today. Carol Kent, you can find her at carolkent.org. Her book is Staying Power. Go on himforher.org. I'll send you a free book for the first five people. And Bev Canaris, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on with me. Carol, I've admired you for the longest time. I've read the majority of your books. Friends, find her on the web and go to her speak-up conferences, her writing conferences, read her her books. books. Amazing. My friends, my name is Shugbury. I'm the host of Him For Her Radio. You know I love you. Over and out.